Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Teach, Lead, Innovate podcast, a show committed to discussing bold and innovative ideas in education. I'm Dave Walker, a proud elementary school principal, adjunct professor of history, and avid cyclist, and I'm so grateful that you are tuning in to today's episode. The focus of this week's episode is on navigating hurdles as a leader, and most importantly, leading like a pirate. I am so excited because today's guest is someone that has inspired my own practice as a principal myself. I first saw Jay at an EdCamp event here in New Jersey several years ago, and his passion for doing things differently really resonated with me. Jay Billy is the proud principal of Barrett Tavern Elementary School in Hopewell Township, New Jersey. He is the author of Lead with Culture, What Really Matters in Our School, which is part of the Lead Like a Pirate series from Dave Burgess Consulting. He is also the co-author of Hats, Heartfelt Acts for Teachers, Staff, and Students. He is the father of five amazing kids and is truly a passionate educator. Welcome to the Teach, Lead, Innovate podcast, Jay. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm hanging in All right. So, Jay, for our listeners who may not already be aware, what does it mean to lead like a pirate? Um, Leading like a pirate. Uh, a, a, the pirate acronym com, comes from Dave Burgess, um, his book, Teach Like a Pirate. Um, P is for passion. I is for immersion. R is for rapport. A is for ask and analyze. T is for transformation. E is for enthusiasm. So if you put all those things together, it's about creating experiences for students um, that they'll remember for a lifetime uh, and trying to make school a place where uh, students are running to get into instead of out of. Um, and that's kind of from the Lead Like a Pirate book where we talk about that. But uh, I think that... Um, Leading like a pirate is just kind of, you know, that a, I, the, each letter of the pirate acronym means a lot to me. I mean, I could say it's the most important, the ask and analyze piece of, you know, looking at our practices and, and asking, how can I make this better? How can I make it more engaging? How can I make it um, more special for our kids, for our teachers? I think that as a leader is one of the most important things. Um, not doing things the way they've always been done just because they've always been done that way. As a history teacher and adjunct professor of history, this book really influenced my thinking of professional practice as well. But as a principal, how do you encourage your teachers to teach like a pirate? Well, I think having an understanding of, of the acronym and then um, modeling risk-taking and doing things differently, thinking outside the box, allowing teachers to have, um, to step outside of the um, standard standard standardization um, that's now expected in our schools, I, I think is, is, is a very important um, element. You know, when, when teachers feel they're put in a box, um, sometimes they get stagnant, the lessons get stagnant. So I've tried to do things that, um, First of all, model that I don't want to do it the way we've always done it. And secondly, um, you know, when they have ideas or thoughts, say yes a lot. I say yes a lot. Um, we're very lucky to have um, creative teachers here who uh, who want to try things differently, want to do things differently, um, and have ideas. And, you know, in, instead of saying, you know, no, you say yes, and how can I help? 
And I think that's so important because in the end, we're trying to create an environment where learning is fun and learning is um, a lifelong passion for our kids. And um, we don't want to get stagnant. I walk around school and walk through the hallways and go like, wow, this is kind of cool. I would like this if I was a kid. And so we try not to forget about that. I also think that uh, to keep our kids, parents, students, staff, all running into school, we got to find ways to to make the day enjoyable. Um, nobody nobody likes to to um, go to work. I say that with quotations, um, you know, uh, where people aren't you know smiling and and. Um, laughing and, and being joyful. In order to en enable risk-taking and all those things for teachers to be able to to get out of the box, you know, that culture has to be there, correct? That And that trust has cool. to be there, right? So um, at any school, collaboration among teachers, staff, administration is key. How do you foster a collaborative atmosphere at your school? Well, and, and you know, Dave, this is... Um, I'm new this year. At a, I'm in a new school this year. I, I was in the district for 15 years. So for me, it's just kind of being present mm -hmm. and, and doing what I say I'm going to do, being where I say I'm going to be, um, to try to get invited into those conversations about teaching and learning. Um, there has to be trust. And until you build that trust, uh, uh, you can't you won't get invited into those conversations or you won't have an impact in the way that you want to have an impact. So like as a new, as a new principal, you know, the, the biggest thing I've been doing has been just walking around and being present, um, jumping in where I'm needed, helping where I can, um, showing the people that I respect the work that they've been doing over, over the years, and then trying to have a few ideas here and there when, when I can. Um, but Building that that trust is the the most important thing to um, building culture. You know, once you have trust, you can take risks. Once they feel like it's not a gotcha mentality, where 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 it's like, oh, you did this now, you know, we have to deal with this. When they feel that, it's like, hey, here's an idea that can make that even better. Or here, you know, and they listen to that, then you're then you can grow. You talk about the collaboration piece of it people need to um believe in in each other so often in education it's a uh, a competition and it's not and if you have a building where people are learning from each other and are watching what each other do and then taking those ideas and making them grow and not being offended or um or put off by them but really like saying, oh, this is really cool. I could use that. And then tweaking and moving and making work for them and their students. I think I think that's the best way, best way to keep growing. And I think that's big because so oftentimes teachers can feel like, oh, I got to be careful. Like they are worried about the gotchas. And I think that in order to do that, it's exactly as you said, you have to build that trust. That's key. And allowing them to take those risks. All right, so Jay, we hear a lot about like work-life balance, especially today, and prioritizing self-care. And we, with culture, you discuss the importance of integrating your, the gym into your daily routine, early in the morning, going home on time each day, wellness Wednesdays. Do you still con continue with those practices? Have you added others? 
I know you're in a new school, so. Yeah. So interestingly enough, when I, when I wrote Lead with Culture, I was, uh, you know, the four, I get up at four. I still get up at four every morning, four fifteen every morning. Um, but, but during the pandemic, the gym closed, and um, so I, I was, I still went into work every day. Um, I used the, my my school as a gym, um, and you know, would run the halls, would go down to the gymnasium and do pull ups and push ups and. Do do all that, but I also found that that I need that the rest, the extra rest I got, um, made me feel different. I like it, it was weird. Um, since the gym closed, I was I was sleeping an extra hour a day, and I was like, wow, I feel good. So I I still go to the gym. I usually go after work now, um, which sometimes with the evening activities get gets gets yeah. difficult. Um, but my kids are grown too, so that that. Like the the practice of making sure I got to the gym every day was so that it didn't inter- didn't interrupt with my family, you know, yeah. getting up early and getting getting there at five. There's no one awake in the house, and it made you know it made it it made it easy. Um, so now my 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 kids are grown and my family families moved out, so I I'm able to you know take the time for myself after work. So those wellness practices that I keep doing, I do get into work early. That's my time. Uh, and I, the part, you know, people say, well, like you, you work a lot, but I, like I, I, when I come in, I have a, a routine of things, you know, obviously checking for subs and, and doing those things. Um, but also I have, you know, I, I watch the news on YouTube. I, I do a crossword puzzle, um, each morning, you know, I try, I try to do that. I, I, I gauge my day, even though it's not true, I gauge my day, whether I finish the crossword or not. You know, thing, things like that. I built those routines. And I also um, have early, not even early, um, the last couple of years, I've been trying not to um, respond to emails in the evenings. So I try to, when I go home, I'm here till 530 almost every day. So when I go home, I might check it, but I don't respond to it. Um, sometimes I don't even check it, the email, just because you know, people aren't aren't sending me email, or I shouldn't say. People aren't sending your emergency emails. They'll they'll reach out to you if it's an emergency via phone or text, um, and so no one's writing you to tell you what a great job you're doing at seven o'clock at night or at night or 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 like those emails you get from parents at one thirty in the morning. That that's not to tell you, hey, you're doing a great job. So there's no reason to have that on or see it. You know, at that time, and wait. Or I can always wait till the next morning. I think that's so. my biggest. I think that's one of my biggest flaws, Jay. Is I check the email constantly. It's on the phone. So I think I'm going to take your advice on that. Is uh, have some limits there on that. Just yeah. well, I, I, it took me a lot. Like I said, I I used to sit with my computer open, you know, till nine nine thirty at night, and you know, most of the time nothing. But then when things come across, then you got to deal with it. You know, and it's like. It's going to be there tomorrow, and and sometimes you have to set some boundaries. I'm not great at that. I'm really not great at setting boundaries, but for me, if I don't see it, I sleep better. To be honest with you, <laughs> well, if I if I you know because it's going to be there at six in the morning anyway, and sometimes it's better if I don't respond at nine o'clock in a in haste anyway. hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. So Jay, I know you're big on technology, particularly in connections that can be made between educators, relevance to student learning. 
Do you think AI is something we should embrace, not embrace, be cautious with? What are your thoughts about AI? Um, I am so enamored by an AI. <laughs> um, I I have to tell you, I I, I think educators um, should obviously be cautious, but it can say it's uh, there's so many time saving ways to use it as an educator. Um, so, and as a principal, as you know, there are, uh, I, I share it with my staff all the time. And it's so funny. I, I was at a meeting, um, we're talking about students and, and t a teacher was talk, telling me that, you know, that they were having trouble with some higher level vocabulary words for, for, um, you know, certain word patterns and things like that. And I'm like, I go into chat GPT and put in a prompt and I, I gave her 15 words and she goes, holy crap, you know, I can use that, you know? And, and so, so like there are so many great uses. Obviously you have to read through anything that, you know, anything we do. Um, you can put in prompts. It was funny. I was playing again because I'm enamored by it. I was playing with a, a uh, one one thing. It was a uh, wrote a welcome back letter to teachers, students, and stuff. It's a video. Um, it's a it's a video welcome back, and I just well, the only thing I wrote in was welcome back um, letter to teachers, um, students, and staff after winter break. That's the only thing I wrote, and I got a, a, a minute and a half video. I could choose the voice. I could choose the pictures that they use. And and um, I didn't have to say a word. And it took me literally three minutes. And I had a video. Um, and again, it's not it's not as personal as my own video or something like that. But like, but there's so many simple things. Um, grant writing. Uh, 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 yeah, grant writing. Um, teachers... You know, if you have to write a uh, letters of recommendation, uh, sometimes you sit there stuck. You you know all these things about a person, but but you you know you're you're stuck on writing the sentence or getting the words out right. Again, you don't have to use exactly what they write, but it kind of gets you started. Uh, I'll tell you a secret. Um, I hadn't you know I I started this new job. I hadn't applied for a job in you know, 15 years before I came here. And so I'm like, you know, how do, how do you write a, a, a letter, of letter of application? And so I put that into chat GPT and it got me going. Like it, like it gave me a format and gave me things, you know, things like that. And that's how I, you know, I'm here now, you know? So there, so there are so many, um, you know, applications that can ease it. There's, you know, for teachers, uh, you have, you know, you can, it get, you can, it'll write your lesson plans. It'll give you, it will. there's, there's programs that, that'll give you um, slideshows. There's programs that will give you rubrics. They'll give you quizzes and tests. You have to read through it, but sometimes you sit there with a blank piece of paper and you're going like, okay, I got to get this going. Got to get this going. It gives you that jump start that you need. So I, 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 you do have to be cautious with it, um, but I, I, I do love it. And you know what? It, 
because uh, our kids are kids know it, but uh, you know our kids know. My daughter's a um, she's in her last year of law school, and and she you know she's she's a great writer. She's a great writer in her own. And I'm like, you know, you're gonna have to use this. And he goes, yeah, but I feel guilty. And I go like, you know, when you're writing briefs, you know, and and you can put in the right information, you're gonna get out a really good example of of how you need to do these kind of things. So. Like I said, I, I'm. I think it's like it's the it's the way of the world. We can't ignore it, and we can't be afraid of it. We have to just embrace it and and find ways to to make it work. Um, it's kind of like Google twenty years ago, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, right? You know? And I think that you are correct in that it it almost like it provides the skeleton, and then you know, of course, you have to look over it, but you can add on to it. It helps you, like you said, jumpstart things, and also. When it comes to say lesson plans, the teachers do the lesson plans and then you again add on to it, but it provides, you know, I'd much rather see that creativity and and you know excitement in the classroom as opposed to thorough lesson plans that a teacher sat there and mm. took hours to do when they could have spent that yep. time engaging in the classroom. So yep. uh thank you for that. Uh yeah, you know, I'm very encouraged by AI as well. So uh, according to a recent article by the editorial board in the New York Times this past November, they argued that the school closures that took 50 million children out of classrooms at the start of the pandemic may prove to be the most damaging disruption in the history of American education. According to them, it also set student progress in math and reading back by two decades. So I have a two-pronged question. First, what do you think we can do as educators to address this? And are there any programs or interventions that you have put into place in your school to address academic deficiencies for any students that may be experiencing them. Okay, so the first question was, what what do we do to address this? Yeah. Um, we encourage our teachers to teach in ways that um, engage all students individually. Again, we've been talking about individualization for, for years and years and years, but kids learn differently. And since the pandemic, you know, we found that we have to be able to find a variety of ways to engage them. So what can we do to address it is um, continue to find ways that that bring up bring the kids excitement about learning um it's it's not easy you know they have they have this you know what you know they got six screens going on at one time and, and all that so a teacher in front of a class is just not boring to them so we we have to find ways to to do that academically and the second part of the question was um is, is there any programs or interventions that you've put into place to kind of address these, uh, um, yeah, not specifically. I think there needs to be a uh, one of the things that I've been doing a lot of learning about and you know, kind of growing about is get students back interested in in reading, just real reading. Um, I, I'm not a traditionalist in any sense of the word, but you know, putting books in kids' hands, I think, is really, really important. Um, I, I, I think, uh, as I said, too much screen time, too much, you know, and, and again, I, I sound like one of those old people who, you know, who doesn't get, I, I get it, but like 
that's where the imagination grows. That's where the love of, of um, various topics and and, and um, literacy, you know, helps to to transform kids' lives. I, I you know, I truly believe that that um, the love of learning um, really, you know, it's on our fingertips, but it's also been there for a long, long time. So like I said, I'm not a traditionalist in any sense of the words, but there's so much good literature out there that helps helps us to become better. And kids that can read better um, are going to are gonna do just fine academically. academically. I, in, in fact, I, I'm working on some stuff right now with my staff, just trying to increase the amount of time kids spend in books. Um, so I think that's important. One of the things that, you know, the hardest part of coming back from the pandemic, and I, I know it's two years that we've been back, um, but still that social emotional piece, that ability to socialize appropriately. Um, uh, we have kids that that are are just learning that they they lost yeah. two years of, of that that time. I don't know about twenty years sending education back 20, 30 years. Mm. I'm really. I think I think we, you know, I think just good teaching is gonna gonna get us back to where where we need to be. Um, I, I'm not I'm not as pessimistic about our future as as that sounds. You know, like I, as those kind of things. Um, I you know obviously we have to do it differently, um, and I'm I can't say. say I don't think there's a specific program that um, will help us. I think um, we lost two years of kids learning to be kind to each other. Yes, yeah. um, kids understanding um, just basic school behaviors that that were expected. Maybe some of those behaviors needed to be kind of pushed out anyway. But but in other ways, you know, we were in kids' homes. Um, for direct learning for a year and a half, um, and um, I, you know, I feel it's important that our, we bring the families back into our schools now too. You Absolutely. know, they were in our classrooms, we were in their homes. You know, keep our, keep the families in in our in our schools. Let them know what we're about. I'm rambling on. I apologize, no, but, but Jay, you're absolutely you're right. But. There, there's so much to it. I like. I'm not. I'm. I'm an optimist when it comes to. I think we got a lot of good stuff happening in, in our schools, and just keep pushing it, pushing the limits, pushing, pushing back on those naysayers. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, sent us back 20 years. Are people that want to see schools fail too? Yeah. I, I, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of anti-public school rhetoric that goes out there. Um, and anti any type of school, you know, rhetoric. Um, but um, I don't like I said. I'm I'm one of the I'm non traditional. I I think we need. I I would love to see a major overhaul of schooling. Uh, it, but it takes steps. You yes. know. You know. I, I wrote a paper. I wrote a, wrote a paper a couple of years ago about why don't we get rid of um, grade levels? You know. You know, kind of more the opens. You know, you you know we have a curriculum. You know, if you achieve this, you move on to this room. You achieve this, you move on to this room. You know, all those kind of things. But people, the world is not ready for 
for Jay Billing to do that in the public school setting right now. Um, but but someday, someday, I think, you know, I have a daughter who, um, well, she was probably going to went to college when she was 15. And so her last three years in school, she just spent reading books, you know. And again, there there's the social piece that I'm not talking about, you know, which is, you know, that was important for her too. That, and maybe that's why she needed to stay. But I have another one who probably could have stayed in high school till she was 20, you know, and benefited from that. Um, as far as the academic piece, uh, but socially she was ready to move on. So, so we limit that, you know, the 12 grades, which comes from the committee of 10 back in 19 or 1880s back in Boston and all that stuff, you know, um, maybe we need to look at that and, and, and redo that, but that's not, you know, it has to start at the bottom at the top and then kind of come together eventually. I think so that to happen. And another reason I'm real hopeful too, Jay, about the future is even just looking at the past, right? If you look at the many of the kids that made it through the Spanish flu pandemic in the early uh, 20th century, many of them were the same individuals that went through the Great Depression, World War II, and called in quotes the greatest generation. And I think yep. that we also don't talk about the skills that kids learned as a result of the pandemic, being able to log on to a Zoom call, being able to technologically do these things. So I think there's a, I, I think you're right in the long term, we've got to be, I think there's still a lot of reason, a lot of hope to be optimistic. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, Jay, and look at you, the history teacher, look at you. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it's in my DNA. That's right. So Jay, being a principal is a demanding role, but what is it about your job that keeps you passionate and motivated year after year? What do you love about being a principal? I love to keep learning. I, um, I love to be knee deep in kids all day long. Like, um, do I love writing teacher observations? No. Do I love being in the classroom? Yes. yes. Do I, do I um, love getting those emails late at night? No. Do I love helping kids problem solve and, and, and learn to grow and seeing that growth? Yes. Um, I I love to keep learning. Like I said, I you know I'm probably the oldest dude around here. Every I you know it's I'm very um, cognizant of when I walk into a room, whether it's a room of administrators or a room of teachers, or I'm probably the oldest person in the in the room uh, most of the time. Um, but I still love to learn. You know, I have I have three books next to my my chair at home that I'm in the middle of reading and going back and forth um, with um, because like I just I I I have I'm passionate about this and I, I it keeps me passionate like I said knee deep in kids and and just like feeling that energy that that was the, my biggest negative of, of the pandemic like that's where I get my energy is is Oxygen. seeing those kids get off that bus every morning and and like high-fiving and singing songs and dancing with them and things like that, you know? That's what I miss. Jay, you have the energy of a 20-year-old, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't feel <laughs> as old. I don't feel 62. Well, I am 62. Um, but I, like I said, I, I, I hope I do. I hope they see that, too, because I, I, I love what I do. I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do, um, you know, with, the, with these teachers and these kids. Um, and I feel blessed to be in a school that, um, you know, ha you know, enjoys 
enjoys me doing those things, you know? Absolutely. Jan, I have one final question for you. For aspiring educational leaders, what advice would you give to those who aspire to become principals or administrators in the future? Don't try to be something you're not. Um, Don't do it for the money because you believe me, your hourly pay is not it's not going to grow when you step into administration. Um, but um, do it because you want to make a, be- a bigger impact. Um, but, you know, and there's some cliches, but like anywhere you go, make sure you leave that place better than it was when you got there. If, if you look at it that way, um, and then, you know, in Lead Like a Pirate, they talk about, you know, teachers um, always do what's best for kids as a, as a leader. Or always do what's best for your teachers so they can do what's best for kids, you know? And I, I think that's, you know, that's important. Um, I, I, you know, I, I always think that, as I said, I've been blessed to, to be in really good schools, and, but I've loved every job I've ever had. And, and uh, I think when you start not loving your job, find a different one, you know, that's, um, don't stay just because that's what you've always done. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving lots of advice here, but but I think that that uh, you know be be who you are, uh, and when you find that that your your voice isn't welcome, move on to where someplace where it's welcome. When you f- find that you need to learn more and you're not getting that, move on to some someplace else. Um, when you find that you're not having the impact you want to have. Um, find ways to create impact. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot of cliches, I guess. But, Dude, but I think it's, it's a lot of great advice, actually. Yeah. It's a lot of great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, Jay, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You are truly an inspirational leader. Thank you for being a pirate principal, an example to many leaders, teachers, and principals such as myself. If you're not following, you, oh, Jay, please, it's my, my pleasure. Uh, if you're not following Jay on X, formerly known as Twitter, be sure to do so at jbilly2. Uh, you'll definitely be inspired by his content. I will also post links in the description where you can purchase Jay's books. All right, everyone. Until we meet again, stay inspired, stay positive, and have the best day ever. <laughs>